0: Ten. Nine. Ignition sequence starts. Six. Hello, and welcome to Rocket Fuel, your daily update of everything that's happening in the rocket pool community. My name is Wack. Today is November 28th, and we're going to get started here with a post from OpenUX. So for those who've been watching for a while, Open UX were given a grant by the GMC to do some um, node operator and rocket pool user experience um, um, data gathering and um, you know, getting some findings. So the first bit of their report is now ready. So, here, Landsman posts saying, I'm Excited to share with you the milestone of the research project conducted by OpenUX, made possible through a grant awarded through us for exploring the user experience of Rocket Pool node operators. If you don't know this project, you can get the full context here in this link. So, there's a link to their grant application. Um, and then, actually, no, to their Notion site where they talk about what's going on. And it says in October, we published a community survey which received 88 complete responses. These were the foundation for rec- uh, recruiting. Um, for in-depth user interviews, but we've also gathered some insights from the survey data. It's important to note that our findings are suggestive and not confirmed by statistical methods. They are intended to offer guides, guiding insights rather than definitive proof. This data will be further analysed and contextualised in the final report, will we'll be reported together with insights from the user interviews. As we continue our research until the end of 2023, we invite the Pool community to engage in discussion based on these findings. Your feedback, experience and ideas are invaluable to us, and will help shape the final report which aims to provide actionable recommendations for enhancing the rocket pool node operator experience and then it says you can um, access pdf report and then there's a link it says please share your thoughts and questions so we'll come back to the thoughts and questions but let's go and have a look at the report first so first of all the report looks really nice it's 19 pages and then there's a little bit of information about what the project is aiming to do and who open UXR. are and then it says like who um, answered the survey so there were 88 um, 88 people. Um, 79 of them came through Rocket Pool. Nine of them came through OpenUX, And then 17 people had um, incomplete um, uh, responses to this survey. So um, th- they said, that, you know, reading the report, please note that the findings of this report are suggestive, like they just said in the post as well. So uh, the first um, part here is like, um, how do you current, how are you currently running your Rocket Pool node? And of this, we get that, you know, about 86% of people are running them um, at home or on-premises. on, or on premises. And then about 4% of people who answered are running it through all nodes or servers like them. Um, and then um, some were others. So it says, uh, home staking uh, constitutes a majority of server respondents. But then they said here that... Um, um, that you know, it's possible that all nodes users uh, probably spend less time in the Rocket Pool community, so um, they might not be as engaged, and they might not have come across the survey, which is why they're underrepresented. Because it seems like around twenty-five percent of um, Rocket Pool nodes are on um, using all nodes graffiti, so um, that's something to keep in mind. Um, then there's um it says how much ETH do you have bonded um, in your Rocket Pool node? And then um they found that, you know, there was um quite a split. It says um three defined groups. Um large stakers were overrepresented in terms of percentages, um, and that's around twenty-five percent of node operators. Rocket scan had more than twenty validators. It says this is not an exact comparison, but reference to give a sense of proportions. And then let me actually just zoom in this a little bit so it's a bit easier for everyone to see and me to read as well. Yeah, so about 35% have between 8 and 31 ETH, and then um, um, about 48% have between 32 and 159 ETH, and um, 17.1% have more than 160 ETH. Then where did you acquire your RPL tokens? If you have acquired it multiple times, mark the time with your biggest acquisition. Um, And then here, there was kind of a split between within the last 18 months and more than 18 months ago. Um 1% don't hold any um, RPL tokens, which is interesting because I don't know how they run the node without holding any RPL tokens. <laughs> and then um about 9% was um, within the last three months and about 20% was within last month. So I guess that 20% are people who kind of um, joined around... Um, you know, in the lead up to Atlas and Shanghai, and then what did we find? These are the takeaways. It says, do you currently stake ETH through any of the following methods? Check all that apply. So, pe- some people hold our ETH. Um, some people, uh, most of the people here, run Rocket Pool node. So, this is unsurprisingly many Rocket Pool node operators hold our ETH in addition to the ETH staked in their Rocket Pool node. More interesting, some even hold liquid staking tokens from other pro- protocols. To significant percentage of users also do solo staking. And then here it says, if you were not running a node rocket pool, what would you have chosen to do with your ETH instead? And um, if you might have done more than one, please choose the one that's most likely for you. So here, um, about 40% of people said they would do solo staking. Um, 40% of people are there about to say they would do liquid staking. And then some said they would stake with a competitor. And others said, you know, they would do nothing or they would do um, something in DeFi. Um, here we had a question about if you were not running a rocket pool, a uh, node with rocket pool, what would you have chosen to do with the ETH instead? You might have done more than one of these things, uh, choose the one that's more likely for you. So it's kind of gives you a breakdown of, you know, how what amount of people who have ETH and what the answer is. And those who have the most ETH are more likely to choose that they would solo stake, and those who had less ETH um, were more likely to choose that they would. Um, you hold a liquid staking token. So, the ones that had the most amount of ETH were less likely to hold a liquid staking token. So, um, here, um, a nice little takeaway was like it says, you know, all groups um, seem loyal to Rocket Pool. Uh, few of the respondents answered that they would stake with a competitor. This is an indication that the respondents are loyal to Rocket Pool. It would be interesting to compare these results with a similar audience not running a Rocket Pool node, oper- uh, node to see how preference among protocols measure up. It says, uh, why did you choose to run a node with rocket pool versus solo staking? Check all that applied. So here as well, um, you know, about earning more money, or um, it's technically easier, or um, it's a good way to support decentralization. And here the answers were kind of... um, like equally spread out depending on um, the, e- the amount of ETH holders. So it says uh, relative similar preferences regardless of band size and tangible utility matters. So it says 83.9% of respondents answered with either that they did not have enough ETH to solo stake um, or that they chose to run rocket pool node since they earn more. Still more value alignment and community belonging are still important factors um, to the respondents and then here it says how would you assess your skills in the following areas so you know um this is with uh, technical uh, questions and um, the, f- the scale is you know um none i don't know this beginner novice competent capable proficient skilled high, expert highly skilled so here like programming um most people are novice or beginners um and then there's not many that i don't know this at all however with solidity um 60 of people said that they don't know any solidity at all and then you know there's a um, scale towards less as the proficiency gets higher um, with the hardware most people are novice beginner or competent capable and then uh, with software how to set up most people here are a novice beginner and there's kind of a skew here where uh, with proficient skilled takes up a a good chunk as well so uh, that's more of a normal distribution I guess a double top distribution and then knowledge of ethereum works here this is where you know the community really shone or shines I guess um, where most of the people are either well nearly 80% Uh, of people are either uh, competent, capable or proficient, skilled. So that is, that's really cool to see. Um, Next, there was a question. If you were not running a node rocket pool, what would you have chosen to do with your ETH instead? You might have done more than one of these things. So it says this is kind of breaking it down by technical capability um, versus what the options are. So here you can clearly see that the people who are more technically capable are likely to choose that they would solo stake and the people who are less technically capable are more likely to choose liquid staking token and it's uh, quite um, clear to see the the distribution there which is which is interesting um and then it says on rpl staking how much do you agree with the following statements so it says i could be uh, if i could be a rocket pool node operator without staking rpl i'd still stake it because the rewards outweigh the risks um, and here most people agree or strong, strongly agree this is uh, rpl token uh, price volatility reduces the attractiveness of being a rocket pool node operator and here is what well, people either strongly agree or um Uh, agree, which is uh, most of the people here, and it says, since I became a rocket pool node operator, my uh, attitudes towards the RPL token has become more positive. And this is kind of a very equal distribution where not many people said uh, strongly uh, disagree or strongly agree, but it was almost an even split between um, disagree, neither agree, or uh, disagree and agree with a slight preference for agree. So um, there was some information there as well. So what's next? Here they're saying that they're going to do user interviews, they'll do user shadowing, as well. Um, and then the final project report will be published at the end of 2023 with insights from user interviews together with advice on how to improve the user experience for node operators. So this was a really nice introductory report put together by um, OpenUX. So if you want to go with that read, um, you know, the link is, is below so you can get that. Now let's go to see what people said in um, in the forum. And it's just Val who says really cool stuff. I would have, I would have guessed most but confirmation is nice, but um, some bit surprised me. The group is even more technical than I thought uh, and the rocket pools taking questions, very interesting. So those were some things that um, Val found interesting. If you liked, or, um, you know, if you um, found, if you liked some parts of this report or found some parts surprising, then um, drop them a message in the forum and I'm sure they'd love to hear your feedback. And I guess they'll be reaching out to people about user interviews if they haven't done that already. Okay, for the next part of this episode, we're going to stick with the forum. And here we have a post from shifrin saying uh, round six of the Grants Bounties Retrospective Awards have been announced. And it says, hey Rocket Poolers, the GMC has concluded discussions and scoring for round six of the Grants Bounties uh, Retroactive Awards round. Um, this marks the first award cycle um, with the year two roster of GMC members. I'm happy to announce the following award winners. Those who do not receive an award, please note applicants are welcome to reapply. Remember there is an award commentary section where you can learn about the GMC's decisions. It says this post also, begins a 14 day clock during which, according to RPIP 15, anyone may file RPIP disputing a grant, boundary, or retrospective award. And then that will go to a vote, um, a snapshot vote. And it says any awards not subject to such a challenge will become official on December 11th. So let's have a look. at th- There's some information about the different subcommittees. There were three subcommittees this time development, research, and marketing. And then um, if we have a look at the scoring process, it says awards were denominated in USD. So this is the same as always. And the RPL was locked at $26 with applicants breakdown uh, we can see that the total grant applications there were 7 of them uh, total bounty applications there were 4 of them total retro uh, retro applications there were 4 of those as well with a total number of 15 um, applications the total grants requested was $257,000 total retro requested was $225,000 and Sorry, bounties and total retros requested was $16,500 with a total amount of um, $499,220 and the amount the GMC approved, um, I'm sorry, the amount the GMC um, received this month was $82,000 and the total reserves were $1.5 million dollars. So let's have a look at the the scores uh, here. Um, Shifrin shares that the GMC awarded sixty three dollars sixty three thousand dollars in rewards. So here, Ramana got um, six thousand dollars that was approved. Um, Hildobby got three thousand dollars that was approved. Um, there was a RPIP review um, bounty that got um, five thousand um, dollars. Bankless the RETH quest that was approved for eighteen thousand um, dollars. Uh, RP, uh, Rocket Pool Scorecard, was approved at $15,000. Um, Worm, Dr. Worm Worm's Dune work was approved at $5,500. Val's Dune work was approved at $3,000. And Gov Alpha received um, $8,001. Um, Dr. Dufus was deferred with future consideration. And then IPOR, Sphere X, Nethermind, um, David... LLerma, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, was declined. And uh, Epinef, that was declined as well. And then there's sections of commentary, voting, and um, the, what happened in the final stages. So here Valdov said, good stuff GMC. Excited to see the funding for Hildobi and the high level of funding for GovAlpha. And uh, Long for Wisdom, you know, who works with, with Alpha, said, really appreciate the vote of confidence on the RPIP uh, portal review work. Would like to clarify a couple of points. So here Long for Wisdom says... Um, that, you know, Shifrin said they got $5,000 up front and $3,000 after one year of maintaining the portal work. Um and um, Long for Wisdom says, I'm happy to maintain and make requested updates to the portal. The work is fairly satisfying and I'd love to make it work better for everyone. I'd plan to respond reasonable requests of this nature already. With that said, is there is a desire for us to take a proactive role in this. Are uh, there specific updates the GMC would like to see to the portal? On the general note, I've already made some changes since the retro application, notably to improve. Um, Latex handling so, and to unify the treatment of tables between GitHub and Portal. And then there's another uh, comment from Schiffrin saying the GMC requests that the future applications um, focus on the specific work outline to facilitate in, in more efficient evaluation. And um, Long for Wisdom says this bums me out a little because I'd written the application with the intent of making it easy as possible for you all to evaluate. Seems that it didn't hit hit the mark there my goal was to provide as much information as possible um, including summary and evidence of work likely responsible responses from us a summary of arguments for against smaller larger payments and the offer to host the pre-change version of the portal so the committee could compare side by size but uh, apologies i couldn't say this so p- uh, permanently um this is with the subject of the specific work outlined, um, I provided a link to this forum post um, in the application which summarizes the changes to the portal. Did you mo- need more than just the detail here? I'm happy to accommodate whatever format changes you prefer, but I'd appreciate it if you could be more specific about what makes the evaluations easier for you all because it seems my uh, assumptions were quite off. So I guess that will then go back to the GMC who will uh, figure that out. So anyway, if you got a reward, congratulations. And remember the next... Um, round of reward is open now the deadline i think is on december 7th so if you haven't applied yet get applying okay next we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about the new tokenomics work that's happening so um here epinef who is a member of the JMC, was um talking about um is there a time frame that we need the foundational research work to be completed by for audits and does the team have any pre-existing non-public infrastructure for mega pools are these topics for us to work around or is there any? Th- is everything from scratch the next gmc round is coming up i'd like to get some research bounties out there so that i said um that i said this on the show if you can get some bounties in the next two weeks uh, we'll have them decided just after christmas i said we really should add incentives for having them finished within the A month or six weeks, like 50% extra or something. Also, I think it'll be smart to come up with a small quality control committee to make sure submissions are good enough quality and if we can decide on three to five models ideas uh, we can put that out there and said the quality committee can even be involved in re- reviewing the bounties and help the GMC with scope and usefulness. So Epinef said that's perfect I'm hoping to put out a prospective pathway for funding rapid idea incubation probably similar to what you envision and what I was hoping uh, is to get some team assurances that we don't rush things through governance in a month and then find the team doesn't have the bandwidth for implementation for six to twelve months or that they already progressed too far in another direction to go back. So I said langa seemed encouraging a bounties i think he even in, um, insinuated the team would write some and very much think that we're in the we're all working together on this mode right now and then um uh, yeah um so um val then tagged epinef uh, to go backwards so i said six weeks um from now wouldn't work if uh, we're asking the gmc because we won't approve the next bunch of grant applications for another month so this was like you know saying that you know we could get um some models done for the end of the year basically from the time they're coming it would take six weeks uh, before you know bef- before december 31st so i said that that's going to impact how the, the GMCs GMC's going to get their rewards done because we won't have the rewards approved until december 31st so i said what we need to do before december 10th is to come up with ideas that need modeling out and writing the bounties for them we also need to get bounty for quality control committee people who can be involved i think and then Val said, going from two to six weeks to a minimum 10 weeks is a big difference. I think it might make more sense to make posts um, about what retros might look like and use the retros instead so we could get people to start working now. And then what we could do is... um, and and then have those funded basically after the work is done in January or February, whenever that might be um, in those uh, GMC windows. So Epinef here said that, uh, you know, some uh, throwing out some topics that might make for interesting research. Uh, It says these are all interconnected. um, So the system would have to work together. But for separate topics, I can see one, um, LEB MEV update from Ken's work and two, node level collateral theory penalty system update, uh, three, megapools potential implementation, four, dynamic supply demand options. So that's um, universal variable commission or variable RPL collateral five RPL phase out slash value capture slash no RPL bonded mini pool mega pools he says just spitballing what are the other major topics so then um uh, Val says that a uh, four and five may or may not be linked. I think these are big ticket explorations. The other seems fairly independent or have answers uh, via math. So um, he says here that there's an update, which he already did, um, you know, for LEB safety in the research Val did about LEB force. This is also a more buffer on assumptions, as it states, can certainly get brought up to date. So there's some work maybe to be done there. It says uh, for number two, same document hits most of that. What it doesn't hit is a minimum uh, end for non-MEV security security needs which likely scales per pool he says number three is pretty thought out and then there's a link there as well about mega pools uh it says not sure implementation details really interact much with the rest so um but then val says a signal as a bounty or as a retroactive same effect in my opinion so about the dates of getting things done so then there was a bit more discussion back and forth about that and then we got kane involved so kane said that you know we really need um the beacon root state um to go through before uh we can carry on working so he says we need uh 4788 state route for the current mega pool design as it requires knowing the exit balance of a validator but that doesn't hold up development because it's easy to mock out with houston development closing up it's mostly a matter of governance research driving the direction we want to go there's nothing really technical holding us back at this point obviously the final design of forced exits will influence what needs to be done but that's really a small part of it development wise and we just stub that out until more details are known so it says um and then uh, Non-Fungible Lyokun was ans- uh, asking questions about signatures, about um, that. And then um, there was some back and forth about that. And then langa got involved about um, Epinef's... Um you know research areas saying we support bounties on research topics that clarify the future direction so he says for point number three which was mega pool potential implementation he says we have a prototype and draft design but we welcome feedback in terms of capacity Houston is our priority for the next six to eight weeks that said the bulk of the work is done so we can provide support for the research design discourse and RPIP effort at this stage Kane will be moving on to RPIP 30 and RPIP 28 implementation but I'm confident that once we have a clear vision for the future state we'll have full capacity to take on the implementation and then there were some points that he's replying to with a, a vault and he says um about what's uh, divergent and what's not divergent. he says um, this seems divergent from the post original idea is calling splitting the pie. In other words if you put um, 100 RPL and the, val- the vault has um, 1000 RPL you get 10% of the total commission revenue. Not quite sure what your alternative is but needing a fixed value here sounds different. He says you're right that approach is the way to go. I was making an estimate on the extra yield you would get but it doesn't work out like that. And then with um rpl inflation about how this related he said we could still choose to have it to reward staked rpl and dilute unstaked just as today or not occam has a note around inflation too that confused me i agree that 1.5 percent inflation is what the pdao slash odao get he says i'm coming at this from the perspective of current node operators trying to match what they have now um i do think it's beneficial to dilute the unstaked and then uh, he goes on to say um about the some like val saying you know this would be concerning to me things get close to token voting there's no link to operating mini pools just providing rpl okay fine they need to operate one mini pool but can stake any amount of rpl alongside that if we think quadratic is strong enough maybe that's okay and then Uh, Langer says, you know, I I saw it's still tied to a node. These node operators who stake RPL are willing to participate in governance. Um, The complete separation of ETH from RPL is something that we're getting our heads around. And I agree that we do not want to move in the token voting direction. Then Val said um, in an earlier post, he said, I I don't understand how this could be the case. Person A, an RPL staker in the vault, would need to pay Person B, a uh, non-NRB node operator. I think that's a no RPL. No rocket pool bond, node operator um, would need to pay person B, stall MEV. This says, I again imagining it's still tied to a node, but I agree that it doesn't seem risk optimal. So then we started getting into more discussions here. Some from Madma about um, how much, you know, um, our ETH we have staked today. And what some of the numbers are and how that might work. Um, and then Meg was sharing some ideas as well. And um, Epinef said... Um, what what he asked me what do i think about the scheme for dynamic uh, supply demand and thing he says um, here are what some of the rewards might look like and he says you know uh, get some um, bounties um, and then get some more bounties and um, then another round of bounties and then total cost would come out to be about twenty one thousand dollars just kind of like throwing some numbers out there i said i love the idea but we paid more for research in the past maybe we need more community input on the amounts this is just a rough draft um but yeah i said let's let's pay them more basically and people here you were giving their input on like zero inflation rpl and how that might look um if if it's just that they get people who stake rpl just get eth rewards instead um And then Valdorf had some comments here as well about um, which comparison might be easier and what it might look like. And he says um, there's some um, issues with calculations. So, um, yeah, have a look at these posts if you want a little bit more detail about what the tokenomics discussions are looking like. But the fact that these, you know, these discussions are still ongoing and it seems like they're, they're you know, maintaining a good momentum and the fact that Kane and Langers are contributing as well, I think is really encouraging. So I'm, I'm really happy about that, but definitely read these posts and I'll be, um, I'll keep giving you guys updates every few days about some of the discussions that are going on. And once we start writing bounties and grants and stuff, uh, I'll, I'll open that up for all of you also. If you want to like kind of claim those or apply for those, uh, you'll have the option. Okay so next we've got some bad news coming out of the Rocket Pool community yesterday and that was of a slashing that occurred. So here uh, yesterday just before 6 p.m eastern time um, a validator who had one um, one mini pool got slashed and um, we didn't really know what happened. Um, so here Halululo uh, shared the news in, in, in trading and people saying that oof like that's that's horrible and basically um, just that it was most likely to be a uh, double attestation here. Uh, Ramana said it was just a single mini pool node. So people kind of like feeling bad about that. And then um, we didn't really know what was going on, but it was most likely, you know, just that it was going to be a double, double signing. Um, but then the person who got slashed, he is Subjoy, came in to support yesterday. He says, "Please help! My wallet has been compromised. The scammer is draining my wallet right now." And then there's a link to their wallet. He says, "Please, no! Uh, please tell me what I need to do to secure my ETH. My node is down, so they, they." the node would stop working as well. So basically it'd been slashed. So then Object got involved in, uh, Object was asking about the withdrawal address, saying, is your withdrawal address safe? Is it compromised? What's the details with that? And um, I think Subjoy initially misunderstood and said that it's compromised. But then, uh, you know, if it was compromised, he said to try to change it as soon as possible. Um, Use your old withdrawal address to sign the transaction to change it to a new address that only you control. Um, but he says there's still over 1 ETH in there, so it doesn't look compromised. Um, and then subject, like I said, I, d- I didn't think he fully understood what was happening. Um, he's, so he said, you know, is my 16 ETH staked in danger? Um, and object says, so you got slashed, you lost 1 ETH because of that. The rest of your... Um, Stake should be okay if your withdrawal address is safe. So Subjoy says the withdrawal address is secured by ledger So uh, the mnemonic and then the mnemonic isn't uh, compromised. So that that was okay. So then um, basically the the other his I think uh, Subjoy had a metamask wallet that had been drained and also uh, like a hot wallet basically that they were using and that was compromised and um, they got they lost one eth because of a slashing so i think in all they lost 1.2 eth but um what happened is um subject clicked a, a bad link and um was drained because of that so um i think it might have been using his node keys as the a wallet i'm not sure if i fully understand what happened there but or maybe they had multiple um address hot, hot um multiple would um Seeds leaked, but I'm not sure exactly. But it seems like, um, you know, uh, Object has, just to make sure this 100% clear again, your ledger is protecting the withdrawal address. You never entered that mnemonic anywhere, but on your ledger, it's not stored anywhere on the computer, only you have physical backup. And he says, my withdrawal address is protected by a ledger and it's safe now. So then Object said, then your funds will be safe. It's still an expensive mistake, but you only lost 1.2 ETH, um, not as bad as 16 ETH. And then it says uh is it possible that the person has access to your node or the computer did you just give them the node demonic He says the hot wallet is on metamask and they got the keys for the metamask and it says so if i withdraw address on ledger all my eth will automatically go to my ledger wallet and then that's how it works right but he says you'll have to do a transaction manually it's not automatic but the thief can't get it it can only um, go there so suggests, when will the withdrawal happen and it, be withdrawable on on uh, January 3rd and then um, object said that you know they'll help that person so yeah um there's nothing they can do right now they just have to wait and um hopefully they'll you know the claiming of their rewards will be straightforward once it comes to January but it's a um, it's a real shame that um you know subject got slashed I think it was that the hacker was trying to um take control of their of their node but thankfully you know um we make it a really well-known, strong requirement that your withdrawal address is different from your node address, just to prevent situations like this from happening, which of course can be disastrous if they're not securely managed. Okay, next we had this really cool news from Patches who shared a screenshot of um, the Rocket Pool Smart Node Stacks terminal user interface. And this is, uh, it says uh, navigation is categories, add ons, rescue node. So it looks like the rescue node is now of an official add on to the smart node stack and um, you know here you'll be able to put in a username and password and check enabled and it says uh, you know uh, go to the rescue node to get information and how to get a username and password. So uh, I think the whole process is going to become a lot more streamlined, a lot easier for people to set up the rescue node. Um, So Patches shared that screenshot and um, uh, Fornax uh, basically what had happened is Fornax was the person who um, merged those um, merge that github stuff into uh, the smart node stack so i guess in the next release um we'll be getting that official add-on so phonex here said it would be super cool to have an api call to grab the credentials also information how long they would still have to be valid and patches says yeah uh, now that the bones are there i can do that i'll have to use proto raw to avoid external dependencies though i think and then um Phonics says version 2 wishes but um yeah it was it was um Fornax, who who uh, merged that code into, yeah, here Patches says, Fornax merged my rescue node add-on, coming soon to a smart node near you. So this is a really nice addition that Patches has put in the smart node stack, uh, and uh, it's going to make using the rescue node a lot easier for uh, node operators. So that's, that's really good news. Thanks, Patches and Fornax okay next i'm going to do some self shilling here so there's a, a tweet here from ssv network and they have a panel um i guess they have a uh some kind of um, show called Chain Reactions or like a Twitter Space equivalent and um, on Thursday this week they're going to have a very special episode of Chain Reactions and their guests are going to be Yorick um, who of course you know is a rocket scientist in the Rocket Pool community. They're going to have me um, as someone kind of representing unofficially the Rocket Pool community and Nixo, um who of course is part of the ETH staker and Rocket Pool communities. So um, this is going to be about uh, staking synergy and um, you know, the, the vanguard of that. So um this is going to be taking place on Thursday morning Eastern time or Thursday afternoon European time. Um and I'm really excited here. It's got the time. It says um, Thursday morning at nine thirty AM Eastern time. Um so if you're in Europe that will be um two thirty I think in the afternoon. So um Yeah, if you want to listen, uh, pop in. And of course, you know, the panel is very Rocket Pool aligned. So I'm sure that Rocket Pool is going to get mentioned a whole bunch of times. And I think it's going to be a really fun um, session. So definitely uh, pop in and give that a listen. If you are um, interested or curious about what we all have to say, Um, I think it's going to be a really, really fun um, panel. And I hope a lot of you tune in. Okay, next we had... um, this post from um, Invis who shared uh, Vitalik's new blog post and uh, this was Vitalik's post about techno uh, optimism and then our, uh, sorry, uh, War shared it just a few minutes later Um, and people kind of started talking about uh, the post and the reason why we're talking about the post here as well is because there were some comments made about staking in here but mostly this is about um, Vitalik's views on um, technology and its growth and its future and um kind of how ethereum fits into that and ai fits into that and all of these different kind of things and of course you know um vitalik was getting really philosophical in here and talking about a whole bunch of um different things about different paths for humanity from here and how they could be amazing or not so amazing and um yeah there's there was um mention of stake here as well so um not too much though like just a little bit it was right here it says um a carbon vote has its flaws, it relied on ETH holdings to determine who is a member. Um, and then, in this context, he mentioned like you know, you could potentially use solo stake to uh, ETH um as as uh, you know more aligned and then there was another mention of staking here as well he says this philosophy is interesting but my experience trying to ensure polytheism within the ethereum ecosystem does make me worry that this is inherently unstable equilibrium in ethereum we have intentionally tried to ensure decentralization of many parts of the stack ensuring that there's no single code base that controls more than half of the proof of stake network um trying to contract dominance of large staking pools uh, improving geographic decentralization and so on so vitalik that was kind of the extent of the staking mentions that Vitalik had, but give the article a read. A whole lot of people are talking about it quite a lot, so you might find some interesting ideas in there. Okay, and finally, we are going to finish with um, this information about the uh, RPL benefactor. Uh, so, for those of you who missed yesterday's episode, I um, contributed $3,000 to the benefactor with the idea of. Um, raising $10,000 to give out to the community um, kind of as a celebration for the 300th episode of Rocket Fuel that will be happening on Friday this week and um, currently you know the goal was like if we if we reach $10,000 then Benny will distribute money to everyone and if we don't reach um, $10,000 then everyone who put money into the pot Benny will just send it back to those people. So we can see here that we have around 5000 300 on on mainnet and this is through um people buying the poops um which which are selling quite nicely and then on the Arbitrum, we have another uh, five hundred dollars or so so we're at around the six thousand dollars mark now which means that we just need four thousand dollars more to reach that ten thousand dollar target um the pops of course are still available um and we've sold around Twenty-nine poaps so far, and um, like uh, they're, they're selling quite nicely, which which is really wonderful to see. And um, of course, if you want to buy the poap and contribute to this giveaway, then you can click on uh, the link and the checkout link here, and you can just buy the poap for a hundred dollars, and the the money will all go to the benefactor to distribute across the rocket pool community so um that's that's going really well um i'm not getting too desperate in my <laughs> calls to reach ten thousand dollars just yet but um hopefully um, you know we'll get there by friday and then we can all celebrate this weekend i think that would be really nice so anyway on that note i'm going to end today's episode thank you all for watching listening and being part of the rocket fuel community i will see you all tomorrow bye